It says somewhere in our literature, there is a statement to this effect. Our leaders do not drive by mandate. They lead by example. In effect, they are saying to them, act for us, but don't boss us. Therefore, a leader in AA service is a man or woman who can personally put principles, plans, and policies into such dedicated and effective action that the rest of us want to back him up and help him with his job. When a leader power drives us badly, we rebel. But when he too meekly becomes an order taker and he exercises no judgment of his own, well, he really isn't a leader at all. Good leadership originates plans, policies, and ideas for the improvement of our fellowship and its service. But in new and important matters, it will nevertheless consult widely before taking decisions and actions. Good leadership will also remember that a fine plan or idea can come from anybody, anywhere, Consequently, good leadership will often discard its own cherished plans for others that are better, and it will give credit to the source. Good leadership never passes the buck. Once assured that it has or can obtain general, sufficient general black backing, it freely takes decisions and puts them into action forthwith provided, of course, that such action be within the framework of its defined authority and responsibility. Another qualification for leadership is give and take, the the ability to compromise cheerfully whenever a proper compromise can cause a situation to progress in what appears to be the right direction. Compromise comes hard to us all, or nothing drunks. Nevertheless, we must never lose sight of the fact that progress is nearly always characterized by a series of improving compromise. We cannot, however, compromise always. Now and then, it is truly necessary to stick flat-footed to one's conviction about an issue until it is settled. These are situations for keen timing and careful discrimination as to which course to take. Leadership is often called upon to face heavy and sometimes long-continued criticism. This is an acid test. Yeah, that's the truth there. Uh, (laughs) There are always the constructive critics, our friends indeed. We ought never fail to give them a careful hearing. We should be willing to let them modify our opinions or change them completely. Often, too, we shall have to disagree and then stand fast without losing their friendship. That's that's our leader, our founder, Bill Wilson. And in that spirit, I uh, 
give you Bob and Brenda to help us uh, understand what leadership is about. Bob. Good morning. So nice to be here in in the cities. Uh, so many familiar faces and uh, listening to several of you. I heard somebody say back there that they were here to learn. That's why I'm here. So maybe you know what you got a hold of right now. But uh, for me, I, I love doing service. I love being of service. Alcoholics Anonymous is what taught me that. And and uh, when I first got in here, I thought, you know, the old thing, dull, boring, and glum. I thought it was just going to be horrid. And, you know, if you, when your sponsor or somebody tells you, usually it's your sponsor, says uh, it's time to start doing service. And, they, and for me, it was ashtrays, chairs, all that stuff. And then we, we graduated to other things like making the coffee, which is a rare privilege. And sometimes they'll help you with the right recipe for that. <laughs> and then... Uh, and then you, you just keep doing service. And, and uh, you know, if, if, you keep, if you stay involved and you're right in the middle of AA, you have very little chance of falling off the edge. And that's kind of what my sponsor taught me as soon as I got in there. And, and uh, there was a friend of mine out of Bozeman, Paul. Uh, when somebody asked one time at a workshop we were doing, he says, well, when do you get your uh, newcomers involved in service? And he said, just before they start to think. <laughs> and... Uh, and for me, I tell them their life, their life depends on it. And actually, their life does depend on it. Uh, your, my life depends upon service to Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, I, uh, something that Niles read there at, at the start about this, did, it, did that catch in anybody's ear about that cheerful compromise? I mean, first time I read that, I laughed. Cheerful compromise. You won't see that an awful lot of times, but you will see it. It's not. It's not completely rare. And uh, and this uh, stand flat-footed to one's convictions. No, you'll see that. You'll see that. But the most amazing thing about service, and and I and I just love to share this with you, is is the fact that this is where service to Alcoholics Anonymous and being in the service structure is where I learned how to play in the sandbox with the other kids. I didn't know how to do that. I took my toys and went home, or I took all the toys, yours included, and went home. And it, you notice I'm rather large. Sometimes I beat them up and took their toys. But uh, I didn't know how to behave with other people. And in here I learned how to do that. I learned how to disagree vehemently with people about uh, issues in Alcoholics Anonymous. And then we all go out and have ice cream and we hug each other. And the next time you see each other, you hug and you're so glad to see each other. That's phenomenal to me, how, how people of, of uh, our strong convictions can do that, how we can meld together and, and compromise, and it's through this. And it's uh, such a beautiful thing. Uh, I, I must say that I am a member of the Traditions Group in, uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous in Billings, Montana. I live in Huntley. The flyer said Great Falls. I've been there, and I, you know, I, I, I prefer to live in Huntley. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> In fact, we were all just there a while back. We were all in Great Falls for the regional service conference and uh, or the regional forum. And uh, for those of you who have never attended a regional forum or regional service conference, do not miss them. You have a really great opportunity in March. That's March four, five, six, or something like that. It's it's the first weekend in March that has a March date in it, the way it's written up in the our guidelines for the region. And uh, 
please go to that. Avail yourself of that. You'll get to see people from all over our region, and they're all interested in service, in serving, and trying to reach the still-suffering alcoholic. It is a great event. You'll get to meet lots of dele all the delegates from around the region, and you'll meet lots of people that are involved in service just like you, GSRs, DCMs. Uh, and everybody understands what those letters stand for, right? Okay, it's not God's special representative either. It's <laughs> I thought that at one time. Um, one thing we are going to encourage uh, throughout this is if you have a question, please ask it right away. We thought about having you take notes and then ask them at the end of it, but I know how I do that, and I've, I don't take the notes, and then I forgot most of the questions by the time I get to the end, and I ask the one that pertains to the last thing talked about. So if it, if it strikes your fancy and you have a question about something, please ask. Uh, besides that, we probably need a breather, um, or we'll just run off the end of the page and take you with us. Um, there's a couple things here that, well, first off, I guess uh, for us, since this is a workshop on, on the general service representative, there's a lot of literature to read, and I know that you've all read it. You've all read, let's see, I was going to hold up that service manual, but I better hold up the current one. This service manual, the one with the little print in it. These. And uh, this service manual is so important. I know that when my sponsor told me to read it, I swore it was in Greek. It did not mean anything to me. I didn't, it, it, boy, it'll put you to sleep. It'll really put you to sleep. And I had a heck of a time getting through it. But you'll find out how important this is and how it starts coming alive as you enter into a few service phrase, we'll call it. You know, where you... And it used to be, I know in our area at the, at the assembly, if you had a service manual, you were kind of like, oh, they got a service manual. And you'd jerk it up and you'd read a portion, and everybody would go, oh, it's a service manual. And they'd just listen to it and shut up. And uh, <laughs> However, things have progressed. Yes, ma'am? Question, do service manuals change Yes, they do. Uh, that's a good question. And most of the time, they reflect the changes from the previous conference. And on the new ones, do they still put that black line down the side of the page? where the changes are, and they, they'll have a black line down the uh, outside of the page to indicate where, like on this one, this is an older one, but there's a black line on this page to indicate the changes that have taken place, uh, that took place in the last conference. They keep it up to date, so every year you need to get a new one. And if you're like me, you hoard them. <laughs> I have rows of those things, and uh, they're very, it's very interesting to see some of the changes that have taken place. Does that, does that answer your question? Okay. Um, there's a lot of information held in these things. In the service manual, when I started to read it and I got into more things in service, then all of a sudden you go back and you read it and it makes sense. Kind of like the big book. Some of you have noticed they change that thing occasionally. And after you've gone through something, and usually it has to do with pain, all of a sudden the words are understandable. It, it, it means more. And the service manual is quite the same. Getting involved with the service manual and reading it will help you immensely. And uh, even though you may not think so to begin with, just keep with it and keep reading it and read the things in there. And there's a vast amount of, uh, of information in there. And there's so many things that are great to read. If you read the introduction to the concepts and stuff, it'd make you laugh. It's, I mean, they, uh, Bill had it tagged. He knew what was coming. He knew we were on the way. And uh, some of the stuff that they wrote in there is so, so uh, applicable today, it's unbelievable. So uh, take a read of all of this stuff and uh, keep with it and keep it with you all the time and refer to it because this is what guides us. The principles of our program guide us with this 
to do service of AA and not try to become the power drivers and try to uh, rule by mandate. Tried that a few times. It just doesn't work with alcoholics. They usually give you a bunch of lip and you get a resentment and then you get to work on that. And so it's just time consuming. Um, there's a couple of things that I would like to read and it's not because I don't believe you can, but I, I like to read these um, up front. And one of them is right in the front of the service manual. It's AA's Legacy of Service. And it says, Our 12-step carrying the message is the basic service that the AA Fellowship gives. This is our principal aim and the main reason for our existence. Therefore, AA is more than a set of principles. It is a society of alcoholics in action. We must carry the message, else we ourselves can wither, and those who haven't been given the truth may die. And I won't read any more, but you go on to read in there, and it explains what, what this is all about. And to me, very briefly, the service structure is the life support system for the 12-step, you know, for that 12-step work that we do out there, going out there and one alcoholic talking to another. It is to help one alcoholic talk to another alcoholic in more places at more times, carrying that message out there to the people who are still out there living and dying on the street. And to me, that's the most important thing. And sometimes I got carried away in my – and service structure is a good place to get trimmed up on your uh, – Ego. They'll hand it to you on a plate every now and then. And, uh, in fact, I think some of the times the service structure was designed basically for those of us who couldn't be humbled in any other way. Because uh, you'll have your peers just do it for you. And this thing really works. It really works. And to me, it's the most important thing to carry that message. And we try to get it out to as many people as we can. And I heard several people in here that are serving as uh, treatment chairs, correction chairs, uh, doing several, all of this stuff, and that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. It's not about me having a position and being president of AA. Um, I've been accused of that by non-alcoholics out where I live in Huntley because I'm always involved in a lot of stuff. And they say, well, you must, you're the president, aren't you? And my natural response is to say, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I say no <laughs> with that false humility. But um, that's, what, that's what the service uh, structure is, is really all about. And uh, there is a thing here, and it's called, Why Do We Need a Conference? And it says, The late Bernard B. Smith, non-alcoholic then chairperson of our Board of Trustees, and one of the architects of the conference structure, answered the question superbly in his opening talk at the 1954 meeting. We may not need a general service conference to ensure our own recovery. We do need it to ensure the recovery of the alcoholic who still stumbles in the darkness one short block from this room. We need it to ensure the recovery of a child being born tonight, destined to alcoholism. We need it to provide, in keeping with our 12-step, a permanent haven for all alcoholics who, in the ages ahead, can find in AA that rebirth which brought us back to life. We need it because more than all others, uh, because we, more than all others, are conscious of the devastating effect of the human urge for power and prestige which we must ensure can never invade AA. We needed to ensure AA against government while insulating it against anarchy. We needed to protect AA against disintegration while preventing over-integration. We needed so that Alcoholics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous alone is the ultimate repository of its 12 steps, its 12 traditions, and of all its services. We needed to ensure that changes within AA come only as a response to those needs and wants of all AA and not any few. We needed to ensure that the doors of, of the halls of AA never have locks on them so that all people for all time who have an alcoholic problem may enter these halls unasked and feel welcome. 
We need it to ensure the, that Alcoholics Anonymous never asks of anyone who needs us what his or her race is, what his or her creed is, or what her, his or her social position is. And to me, that's just phenomenal how we can, uh, you know, Bill wrote that we are people who would ordinarily not mi- we ordinarily would not mix. Boy, did he tag it. I mean, look at me stand up here. You know, a lot of you probably wouldn't have ever associated with an old cowboy like me, especially when I was drunk. Lots of folks didn't want to associate with me. But, you know, we get into these rooms and we meet uh, with people of every professional, uh, uh, every profession, and we all have one thing in common, one thing that we want to do. We have to save our own selves. We have to stay alive. But the only way we can do that is by helping other alcoholics. That's what Ebby told Bill in Bill's story. He said that the only way that we are ever going to stay sober through the trials and bumps that are coming at us. Now, this is an approximate quote for those who are really particular. Uh, this is approximate. Uh, for the trials and troubles that are going to be coming at us and the curves that are going to be thrown at us in life, there's only one way to stay sober and enhance our spiritual life, and that is through self-sacrifice and working for others. Not on others, for others. That's... <laughs> Sometimes I try to carry Bob's message and I get carried away, but this, this service structure is what helps me. And for me, self-sacrifice is just like a dirty word. It was. It's, today it's, get, it's gotten a lot better, sacrificing himself. I still have, have a tendency now and then I'll, I'll kind of lose it and then I'll, I'll try to throw money at it rather than devote time. And time's what, uh, I don't know, it seems like we get a little stingy with the time. And uh, for me, I know. And uh, I'll try to, I'll buy a bunch of books if you deliver them. You know, instead of me going there and taking a book to an alcoholic and doing the doing the twelve step work, I got one more thing, just a portion of it to read, and this is kind of coming up. And there's somebody here that's going to be involved in a celebration of this. This happened um, at the General Service Conference of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, oh, it says, "Be it therefore resolved that the General Service Conference of Alcoholics Anonymous should become, as of this date, July third, nineteen fifty-five." the guardian of the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous, the perpetrators of the world services of our society, the voice of the group conscience of our entire fellowship, and the sole successor of its co-founders, Dr. Bob and Bill. This was in St. Louis, and Brenda's going to be down there this year uh, speaking at that. You know, that was a big thing. Bob and Bill knew they needed to turn this thing over because they weren't going to live forever, and they handed it over to us. And when they handed it over to us, they charged us with the responsibility of carrying this on and doing, carrying, making sure that this went forward and we carry this to other alcoholics. And our responsibility isn't just to set it, and this is the way I take it. I'm not, boy, if I, if I start sounding like preaching, raise your hand if I start sounding like, I can do that. But for me, it's, it's uh, this service structure and the history of it and how it came about was a lot of hard work by a lot of people and especially by a lot of non-alcoholics who helped us. And when it comes down to the, to the final end, it was turned over to us because they knew that they could, not, they could not keep living. They had to give it to somebody. And they turned it over to our, our general service structure, our conference. And when they talk at the conference, that's everybody sitting in this room, you know, all of you that are in the service structure. It's, that's us. And it's turned over to us, and we have a, a deep responsibility to maintain that. And if we're going to uh, serve, and that's part of the purpose of this workshop today, like the GSR workshop, and then later on the, the uh, what does it mean to be a trusted servant, 
being as well informed as I can be to do the job that's been given me in AA is the most important thing for me. I have to do that. I, I owe that responsibility. And in our service literature it says it's our responsibility to pick the absolutely best person available to do the job. And this is, on, this is a personal thing here. The AA Railroad should have gone out of service a long time ago. It's just it's maybe way back when there was hardly anybody around, that was fine. But now to elect somebody when they're out of the room and laugh about it when they come back, that's just not doing service to AA. Picking the best person possible. I personally have voted for people that I didn't particularly care for, but I knew they would do the job. I have friends that I wouldn't vote for because I know they won't do the job. They're still my friends, but I just know they won't do that job. They, they, they're, to go there and fulfill that commitment, some of them are terrified of it, and they just wouldn't, wouldn't put them in that. But that's the most important thing, is that we, we find the most important person. Yes? Oh, do you have any flyers on that here? Yes, would you please? Second. And excuse me, um, I was asked to uh, repeat the questions so that they would know on the tape what was asked. And it was asked, what is this celebration that's going to take place on July 3rd or approximately July 3rd? Well, it's this month. This, this month, but it's in St. Louis. And it's uh, in 1955, and this being 05. We're there celebrating the 50-year anniversary of that when the conference was turned over. And uh, Brenda answered that question. I'm just repeating what she said, uh, in case there's any repercussions to that. Uh, <clears throat> and earlier it was asked, it was asked uh, do the service manuals get changed on a regular basis? And yes, they do. They get changed every year to reflect the new changes uh, brought about by the, co the previous conference. That was all of them, wasn't it? Okay, we'll try to remember to do that. Wave at me. Okay. Um, I don't want to go into too much reading of the, of the service manual and a lot of these things because I know that all of you study this regularly and you read it. There, there's such important information in here to help you do the service position that you're going to be doing. But I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to pick good people because to me the, the, the job is more important than the person. In AA, and, and uh, it, our first tradition leads to that too. You know, it tells us that the, the group is more important than the individual, but the individuals come shortly thereafter. And this deal about, well, let's put them in there. This will be good for them. You know, and if your group isn't adequately represented in bringing this information to the rest of the, the service structure, then there isn't a really a good. Uh, your, it's eating away at the informed group conscience of your district, of your area, of your group. It, it's eating away at all of that. Because we need to hear from everybody, not just those that have money to travel to these things. We needed to hear from everybody. All the, I'm sure you have districts in, in your, in your uh, area that are quite remote, and there's probably very small groups there, and they can't hardly afford to make it to the assembly. I know what, out there in Montana, you know, I think the farthest anybody travels is like 400 miles. We kind of solved the long-distance stuff. <laughs> we put it in the middle of the state. 
And uh, a lot of those uh, DCMs and GSRs have to pay their own way because the groups just can't even afford it. They don't have the money to do it. But we need their voice. We need to hear from them so that we know what's going on there so that we can adequately represent our area. And that's the same thing. Our sparsely populated uh, areas need to be heard at the conference so that the conference knows it, and as well as the, largely, the large populated areas. And that's reflected in a lot of our literature. So this is extremely important that we that we choose good people that will go there and represent us and are knowledgeable about what their position is. And about the time you really get to where you know what you're doing, they replace you. And there's a reason for that. And that's pointed out in the pamphlet, the AA group. And it's talked about rotation, the spirit of rotation. And boy, it's tough, especially when it's time to rotate and there doesn't seem to be anybody else who's going to stand up and do it. And you think, well, I'm the only one that's you know, going to do it, and nobody else will, so I better just keep doing it. Nobody else will ever stand up. They'll, you'll just keep doing it, and nobody else will stand up because you're doing the job. We're alcoholics. We'll lay back and let the other person do it most of the time. And the best thing we can do, and it, it tells us in there that the best thing we can do at that time is to step down, and somebody will have to stand up. And we can help them. We can encourage them. We can back them up. But in our service structure... I know that it, um, you heard some, heard some, uh, some of us are odd numbered and some of us are even numbered. I was a panel 42 and uh, Denny from your, from your area, Denny B was a panel 42. Esther was a panel 43. I got to serve with both of those beautiful people. I really enjoyed them. But you know what, that odd and even is so that when we go to the conference, uh, you have half rotating every year, is to try to keep it somewhat even so that about half leave and half stay there so there's some kind of uh, continuity to the conference so that you haven't got a whole bunch of brand new ones every time. And in our region, we, we realigned that here a while back. We had six new delegates every two years and then two new delegates the next time. And uh, we changed that, and now it's four and four. Montana and North Dakota chose to do a three-year rotation. We did a one-year rotation, and then you could stand again to... Because if you didn't do a full uh, two-year rotation in that job, you could stand one more time. And some of the people stood for three years. And then we got it all lined up, so now we have four new delegates each time, which really helps out. Because you have four new delegates and four old um, past delegates, or I shouldn't say past, that served one year that are helping them come into there and know what they're doing and help them out at the General Service Conference. Um, is there any, are there any more questions on... Uh, general service conference, or a structure. I think I covered that pretty well. All right. Brenda's up. Uh, are you sure that uh, you don't have a lot of questions for Bob? You're going to let him off this easy? I mean, you must have questions. Sure. Now, Bob, can you kind of outline the legal separation that Bill designed between the groups and the conference and the board and power of the first and how that plays a role in it? Wow, where'd you dig that up? Uh, okay. I w it was asked to try to describe try to describe the legal separation between the groups and the conference and the uh, um, our corporations 
and the board. Okay, we have um, we have a general we have a, a, a board which has 21 um, the General Service Board of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we have 21 uh, members uh, trustees on that, and uh, seven of them are non-alcoholic. They call them Class A, and you'll hear them all the time refer to that as amateur. The rest are Class B. In fact, you had a Class B trustee right here that lived right here in Minneapolis, Don B. I got to serve with him, too. Fantastic, man. And um, what, at one time, one time way back, they wanted to uh, incorporate all of AA at one shot, and that's in this book. talks about it. And they wanted to incorporate all of AA and bring it under one umbrella so everybody was protected. Well, can you imagine the legal battles <laughs> that we would have if AA was trying to defend all the groups and all the stuff that we were, I mean, we'd be in public controversy all the time. So there had to be, uh, the only separation there really is legally is between the General Service Board and our corporations. And those are set aside as businesses. They actually belong to the trustees. And they rotate on a, on a regular basis, too. The Class A's uh, can serve two, three, up to two three-year terms, and the Class A's serve four years. And um, did I say that right? Class B's serve four. I thought I said it wrong. Class B's serve four. And uh, the Class A's can serve uh, up, up to six years, doing it in two three-year terms. However, our chairman of the board only serves four. And that happened, I think, when I was back there. We decided that everybody needed to understand the spirit of rotation and experience it. And there was some reluctance, but now they, they do it. It works good for us. But the legal separation is there's... <clears throat> because of anonymity, we need people to represent us out there in the public. And uh, AA itself, we can't own anything, but the board owns the corporations. Does everybody know what the corporations are? All right, you know. Which ones are they? Right. It was said that there's, there's Grapevine and Alcoholics Anonymous World Services. And, uh, yeah, those are, those are our two corporations. We also have a general service office, but the general service office isn't a corporation. That's the office where the people do the work for us. Does that come anywhere close, or does anybody need anything more? Or did I say anything else wrong? It's, well, it's amazing what's in here. You, um, and even in here, for those of you who are visually impaired like me, it's bigger. It, in fact, they stopped that onion skin one so we don't have that wrinkly paper service manual that you can't highlight because it goes straight through. Now we can go back to highlighting your service manual. Is that it? Is that it? Miles? Last question. You know, we, we uh, like to have rotation in AA. As a matter of fact, I think it's an extremely good policy. Uh, and, and the general service has rotation amongst their positions, I think it's every so many years. My question is, is, is there a rotation or a mandate or any kind of format for the, uh, for the general service office manager? 
Thank you, Niles. Um, I believe normally the general service the general service office manager has served is it six six years has been kind of the normal six to seven years been the normal rotation and we're coming up on that and uh, and they've and they've rotated that's been handed on to the next person uh, when I was at the conference as a matter of fact when Danny and I uh, George Dorsey was just coming on then and since then uh, Greg is coming in it was Wayne Parks. Yeah, and it was there was a little bit of a problem there, and he rotated early. <laughs> oh yeah, the question was: um, uh, Is there a rotation for the general service office manager, and what would be that length? And at this point in time, it's been normally been expected to be seven years, but um, that could change. Was that enough, Niles? Yes. Okay. Yes. The question was: Is uh, if somebody in, in your group is saying that they don't want to, uh, they don't want to get involved in general service? Normally, the term is politics. They call it politics. They don't want to get involved in the politics of AA or into the general service. They just want to do their AA. And what do we do uh, to help encourage these folks, or maybe help them understand what it's all about? Um, that's a good question because it happens all the time. They, I always say that there are no politics in AA. There's just politicians. And uh, because that's who it is. It's us. The enemy is us. But um, with that, I try to I try to point them at the service manager. I try to discuss with them how important it is, and that it is it isn't about it's not about being the president or being the king of the group or the king of the district or anything like that. It's not about power and prestige. It's about being a servant and helping to have this lifeblood system of the service structure help to carry the message into more places. And through this service structure is how we get in, how we have meetings on a regular basis in the psych wards and in the jails and in the prisons and the hospitals, uh, nursing homes, any place that, other places that you have, uh, homeless shelters, all of these, having those meetings in there, high schools, you know, reaching out to these people. That doesn't happen from somebody just sitting in their group going to their meeting. That happens from us having a service structure. And another nice part about the service structure is that it frees those people from those uh, hospitals and all these places from having to deal with each group individually in a, in a district. Because you can imagine, if you're the, if you're the uh, person in charge of, say, the hospital or the jail, and here come all the groups, and each one sending a, a representative to talk to the, to the jailer, and uh, they just get tired of us. They don't want to hear from us. But if our district elects one person to be our representative there, they develop a relationship with them, and they, they come to us with the problems that they see, and we go to them with the problems that we see, and we have a relationship, and therefore we get to maintain meetings in those places and carry the message to alcoholics who definitely need to hear from us and, and maybe get that message and live. Does that help? And, and then there's some you just won't be able to, 
and you just get to love them and uh, encourage them to keep coming to the meetings, and maybe they'll get that later on. Yes, Niles. Um, what is the benefit to my group and to myself being involved in service when, you know, I go to meetings and I, I listen, and when I went to a few service things, they talk about all this boobly-gobbly-boop that I don't understand anyway. So what's the purpose, or why should... Why should my group spend money sending people to Montana or whatever? Why should we do this? The question was, um, why do why do we need to send people to these things uh, from our group? Because uh, it's stuff that we're, a lot of us aren't really interested in anyway. Yeah. And uh, why do we spend money, our, our group money, sending people to activities such as the regional uh, forum that went on in Montana or to the ones that go on within your state or your neighboring uh, areas. Um, well, number one, you should have sent them to Montana just because it's a beautiful state. <laughs> and I was there. <laughs> but one of the things is, is that's what helps carry this message and keeps every group informed and helps every, everybody else be informed within, within our AA structure. And I, I don't know how many of you have... have in the, in the time that I've been sober, oh, and I should say this, I've been sober since March 28, 1982. Um, that's also my belly button birthday. <laughs> I wish I could take credit for it, <laughs> uh, but you know exactly how that is. But in the time that I've been in AA, I've watched, a, you know, you get to see a lot of groups, you get to watch a lot of people. I've watched thousands go back out and die. But I've, seen, I've watched a lot of groups, and I've been in groups, and, and my home group is the traditions group in Billings, but I attend a lot of other groups on a regular basis. I do not vote in those groups. I get one vote, my home group. I don't need to vote in all the other groups because I'm not special. Well, I am, but um, <laughs> I don't get two votes. And uh, what happens is I've watched, in fact, there's a group that I'm watching right now that used to be very active. In the, in the service, and they had a GSR, and they had an intergroup representative, and they had people going to these things, and they participated in carrying the message to the psych ward and the jail and all this, and they've just quit. Over time, it just slowed up, and pretty soon their GSR wasn't coming to the meetings, and it just started slowing down. And what I'm watching in that group now is the group is dying. It's suffering terribly. They're not involved in AA. They're, they're not even a group. They're a meeting. And everybody knows in the pamphlet, the AA group, the difference between a meeting and a group. A meeting exists for about an hour, and then it's over. That's it. It's done. That's over with. A group exists after the meeting's over. Like my home group, we exist on a regular basis, and we exist. We show up at those other places to take those meetings into people. And what happens to a group that doesn't do that, they lose the, um, what our AA is all about. And, uh, in fact, I was, I was down here a few years ago on, on a, a topic of apathy in AA. And I don't believe there's such a thing as apathy in AA. I believe it's untreated alcoholism. <clears throat> you get into the 12 and 12, and Bill wrote in there about um, when we do, having uh, had this spiritual experience, we are going to be charged with a new enthusiasm and a new excitement to go out there and carry this message. That's the result, not a result. It's the result. We, want to get, we go out there and do that, and we're in charge with a new enthusiasm to do that. An alcoholic charged with a new enthusiasm is a big deal. But when we're charged with that, that's, a that's the result of these 12 steps. 
And we want to go out and do that. And what happens when you just exist in a meeting and pretty soon you're into talking family dynamics, you quit talking about AA and carrying the message to the still suffering alcoholic, staying with singleness of purpose and all these things, that's when the group starts to dwindle and wither. And the message that they have isn't near as strong as it used to be. It's a meeting and a lot of good friends in there. And they'll meet. And I, I'm sure the same thing happens here. And, and a newcomer comes in and everybody's talking about farming. Or they're talking about whatever. You've got little clicks. And you kind of sit and talk to yourself. And you forget to go greet the newcomer anymore. This is the stuff that happens. This has been my experience of what it does. And by putting our share in the basket and sending this on, that's kind of a, a very, that's practice in anonymity. We turn that money over to somebody else to help carry this message. And by sending our people there, we are supporting, this afternoon we'll be talking about that, about supporting our trusted servants. Yes, Niles. Oh, you're good. Well, you know, what I don't understand is would unity of a group be better enhanced by having dances every Friday night after the meetings and social events versus and putting our money that way versus uh, just talking about all this high-minded stuff. You know, I've played the devil's advocate too before. <laughs> the, the question was, wouldn't our group be better off um, holding dances and uh, pizza parties and uh, little short trips or something with that money to enhance the unity of our group. And uh, you can try it. I would suggest try it. Invest heavily in it and see what happens. But for uh, this is something that, to me, our group is responsible that when we pass that basket, our group knows what we're going to do with it, but anybody who's there visiting... When they drop that money in the basket, they are trusting us to do exactly what we say. This is a basket, and this is we're going to pay our bills. We're going to pay for the coffee and, and literature and that stuff, and the rest is going to be passed on into the service structure to help carry the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's what we do. And that's the guarantee we give them as an AA group when we pass that basket. For us to do anything less, collect money from them for a pizza party, or if somebody in the group uh, has a problem and we buy an airline ticket for them to go visit their family, that's not right. That's, that's not using the that's, – that's such a, a violation of that trust of, of what people put that money in there for. And the parties and the potlucks and all the stuff that we do, our group does that, but we don't do it with the money that's been put in the hat. We do not do that. We do that as individuals outside the meeting. In fact, our group does a thing. We started this – It was we were doing it when I was first in AA, and we've started back doing it the last three years. At our business meeting – we, we uh, choose which group we're going to go visit within our district or outside of our district on uh, a day that our group doesn't meet, which usually is a Friday or a Saturday. And we meet, we have supper together, and then we go visit this group or we'll go to the group and then have supper together, and then we go home. And we tell that group when we're there that we're visiting as a group. And we usually, the, the core of our group goes and uh, dragging newcomers. We drag the newcomers along. It's amazing what that does to unity within our group. And there we're not spending the AA dollar. We're spending our own. But I'll tell you what, for newcomers, especially the distances we travel, you go to a night meeting, it's daylight when you're going there. You have supper, you feed them. Then you, you have a meeting all the way there. Then you go to the meeting, and it's spiritual. Then you're coming home, and you're in that car, and it's dark. And they're in the back seat, usually. Don't want them to drive when they're too new. <laughs> but they're in the back seat, and they get fairly spiritual, and they'll start 
talking about some things, and the unity of our group has, we did it as a unity thing for our district, you know, to help the district, and that, but the unity that has happened within our group is just amazing what that has done. We do it as a group. Uh, to go out and, and spend that money, you couldn't even get to first base doing that in my home group. They would, they would have you. But uh, that money is not intended for that. And we can do that as individuals off to the side. But for me, it's, it's me putting into the basket. And while we're on that quick note, I was, uh, when I first sobered up, I got fired. I'm a, I was a fireman for 27 years for the Billings Fire Department. And I was fired for, uh, from that job. When I first sobered up and came out of a jitter joint, I walked out and they fired me. And I was unemployed for 90 days, made 90 meetings, and I was rehired. Well, when I was unemployed and, and as a fireman, I was working really hard in construction. I had a construction company. And I was paying all my bills. I was putting in a dollar at every meeting. Then, I don't know how many years later it was, that all of a sudden I realized I'd had several pay raises because I got rehired on the fire department. I'd had several pay raises, but AA never got a pay raise. And I don't know about you, but when you find those things in your inventory, they make me uneasy. And I had to start coughing up some more money. And in doing that, I give it, and it's not up to me where it's spent. I get to vote in my group conscience what we do with it. But we, it is always AA services. You know, the, we pay our rent. And, in fact, we were living in a place that cost way too much money. All of our, all of our collections were going to just pay the rent. And we took a vote that we were living way beyond our means and we needed to move. So we moved to a smaller place. But that's, does that help answer that? Absolutely. Thank you. Whoa, more questions, man. Nice name, by the way. Good question. The question is, is, if you're a GSR of a group, does it have to be your home group, or can you be of service in another group and not have it be your home group? Um, in this manual here, there's a part in here that talks about home groups. And it says that that home group is where we show up, and this is where we make our commitments, this is where we are responsible, and this is where we have our one vote in AA. If I were serving as a GSR in another group, wouldn't I have a vote there? Wouldn't I be representing that group instead of my home group? And that, that's my question back. Wouldn't I? And, and what harm am I doing to that group by not letting their people from that group stand up and serve as a GSR? Okay. So this question was posed to me. Okay. Well, that's a great question, and, and it comes up a lot in AA. In fact, we have people that are GSRs in several groups sometimes. But uh, for, this is, and all I can say is for me, what I, what I read in this service manual is that my responsibility is to my home group, and that's where I show up, and I am of service, and that's where I vote. And, uh, and however else anybody else wants to interpret that, that would be up to them. But 
and this is, this is going on my personal opinion, is when I start taking over jobs in other groups, I'm actually um, depriving people in that group from growing by serving their group. And that group, and we talked about the uh, rotation, the spirit, the, the spirit of rotation in the pamphlet, the AA group, and by rotating, we, we help other people step up and take charge of this group and go on because a good example is uh, we had a guy in uh, Montana. He was, he was a uh, GSR forever in eastern Montana, a DCM forever in, in eastern Montana, and he did it all, and he was very active. He did it all. But when Henry died, AA died in eastern Montana. And I think it's incumbent upon us to allow these groups to grow. For me, it is. I would... I have opened meetings at other groups because they just didn't have enough openers, you know, and I've helped open a meeting, but I wasn't a, anything, I didn't have a vote, I didn't do anything else. And I only did that for a while and I realized I was doing the same thing, that they weren't, I, was, I wasn't allowing other people to step up and open it. So I go to their meetings and I can support them that way, but for me, this is just for me, you have to do whatever you decide. For me, I will go there and support by attending meetings, but for me to serve in a group, I serve I serve my group or my district or my area, but I don't, I don't serve in other groups. Well, there in line is what I was saying. My, okay. Maybe I'm not making myself clear. I'm not hearing you. I, I'm not of service in my own group, per se. I don't vote there. I am, I, maybe, maybe, okay. Well, the question again was, um, if I'm not of service in my home group, but I'm in service in another group, um, that, that's basically what I'm hearing. Does that sound like what's being said? And in that instance, it uh, sounds like you're a member of your, your home group, so one you're a GSR in, you're serving in. Okay. All right. That's where you're being responsible and serving. Now, that's another thing. You don't have to be welded to a group. You don't, it's, not a, it's not a marriage contract. You know, you can change groups when you need to or want to. <laughs> Susie. Okay. Hey, Susie. What It was asked that, am I saying that you can't serve in another group when they don't have enough people to do all the jobs that are in their group? Is that basically? And I don't believe I say you can't do that. You're not going to tag me down with that one. <laughs> I didn't say you can't. I'd, I probably would say, I would probably tell you that I wouldn't do it. I would probably help somebody do that position, assist them. In my home group, we end up with two jobs. You know, we end up with uh, all of a sudden your literature and grapevine or your, um, in fact, I ended up uh, intergroup chair and uh, something else this last time. And it wasn't that I wanted to go back and do that again, but I did it. And uh, we, we make sure that we're represented and we do all of the functions that we're supposed to do, but sometimes within our group we don't have enough people. And sometimes if we're doing our group inventory, we have to get busy and, and why don't we have enough people? 
and we have to really start looking at ourselves. Uh, you know, in the, the group inventory out of the pamphlet, the AA group, is are we attracting new people? Are we getting new people in and getting everybody into service that we can, drafting them in? So I wouldn't say that you can't. Never say that. You can do whatever you want to do. Just be happy with the results. But for, for me, I would not do that. I've, I've, I've bit into that a couple of times by chairing and doing different things, and I realized that I was, I, was, uh, I won't use that other word with the E, I was, uh, I was crippling that group by not allowing their people to step up and for them to find people within their home group to do it. Does that answer it? We still. Okay, what happens to the spirit of rotation if you're doing two to three jobs? Um, well, we, we get busy. We've, we've been very fortunate. We've been finding new people and we've getting newcomers in. But ours kind of is like the uh, staff rotation at New York. We, we have different jobs. It's a lot of times the same people. But none of us have ever served uh, twice as a GSR. None of us. We've always found somebody else to do that job and vote for us. And uh, I, I've often said, you know, I would, if we can't get anybody else to go, I'll go and I'll bring the message back and forth, but I won't vote at the, conf at the, general, at the uh, area assembly, I should say. And uh, for me, that's just something that we do, and it's, it's tough at times. But the only way we will get busy and, and see what we can do about it is if, we're, if our group isn't there. We, we have representatives go. We, sometimes we just don't vote at it. And that makes us get really busy. Is that even close? Okay. Oh, there's a couple. Okay, sir. Yeah, I think I believe I do. Okay, I think I have it. Does, um, <clears throat> and the question is, is if, um, like in an Alano club where there are a number of squads, and it appears that each squad has a GSR. And in some areas, uh, there will be a meeting in a certain building, and they'll meet Monday, th Monday through Sunday at 8 o'clock, and they'll meet Monday through Sunday at noon. And every one of those meetings has their own GSR. Oh, there's places that do that. And there's places that, like, like uh, my home group, when we had more meetings, we're just one group with lots of meetings. And I, that's up to each each uh, area. I know that I know that here you you do have quite a few that that each meeting has its own GSR, and if they can be self-supporting and uh, it's a large group, and a lot of times I know that at some of these meetings it's actually almost different people attending each meeting, and it, it's entirely up to them. It's uh, that's we don't dictate that at all. Um, 
I have seen it happen in AA where a, a group decided to, to call themselves several other groups so they could have more votes to carry the district. You know, we're not free from all of that stuff. But uh, for us, you know, every area is different. I've, I've been uh, to meetings all over the United States, and in some places it is each, each almost each meeting has a GSR. And in my, where we're at, most of them, um, if it's in a, a certain building or something, all the meetings in there are one group. And, and you'll find that different throughout the United States and Canada. But it's, uh, everybody's allowed to do what they feel. And I'd say that as long as you're ad adequately representing everybody and you're um, financially responsible for your group, and it, by the way, that, I think that's a question coming up later, how much it costs to serve a group. I think Brenda's going to answer that. That's, and their, their point would hang a key is, am, am I just costing everybody, or is, is it ad, are we adequately um, answering that? Because if everybody that shows up at a meeting is different from any other meeting, they wouldn't even have a voice if they were represented over here. So it's something to look at, but uh, it, that choice is allowed. Um, does that help you? Yes. Okay. Does anybody have a better answer than that? Okay, these people had their hand up. Is this a better answer than I just gave him? Okay, then why don't you do Okay, uh, an addition, additional comment to that was, wouldn't it be advantageous for an Alano society to have more representatives represented it so that more people can be informed? I don't know about how it is we're here, but I know that we had an, an Alano club in, uh, in Billings, and other places are called Alanos, too. They're not AA. They're not an AA group. That's a bunch of individuals, to my understanding, where we're from, people who have gathered together and formed a, uh, like a corporation and they have purchased a building or they lease a building and then they rent it out to the individual groups within there. And actually the LNO clubs where I come from have nothing to say to the groups. The groups just pay rent to them. And then the groups are responsible unto themselves. Okay. Sir, you had your hand up. Thank you. The question was, is, um, sometimes some groups have uh, uh, stated uh, amounts of sobriety before you can serve in a, before you should serve in a, in a position. And sometimes in the service manual to say that, like for delegates, they recommend six years. It says recommend. It doesn't say you have to be. And in some instances, it's just not possible. I know that at my home group, when I joined that, we had quite a few people in there, and it seemed like when I joined, everybody got drunk or they left. And it was... <laughs> 
you know, my sponsor started becoming a counselor, and he wasn't there. And, I mean, I ended up by myself at about six months sober. But my sponsor said, you keep that door open. And so I'd show up early, make coffee, read literature, stay for the full hour, and then close. And I had an excellent opportunity to read all the literature. But I was at six months, I became the GSR. And that was just out of necessity. However, when you have a multitude of people to choose from, it might be better to choose from somebody with some experience. That's all I would ever say. But have to? There's no have tos. There's nothing in this service manual that says you can't elect somebody as your GSR with one week of sobriety or one day. It's just whether that be the wisest decision or not. You know, what's the best service to the group and to AA as a whole would be the question. And some groups have experienced this over time, and they have set some limits. And when you have a large number of people to draw from, that might change. But where some of our groups in, in Montana, where there's two, three people attending on a regular basis, they're limited. But it's up to the group conscience of that, and I would say informed group conscience. I've been involved in some group conscience decisions that really stunk, and had we been informed, it would have gone a different way. But we became informed through the bad decision and it helped us make a better decision. You know how that goes. <laughs> and late, ma'am, there's somebody there had a hand up too. Okay. All right, thank you very much. We'll get Brenda up there. Uh, two points. One is, is that if you don't ask the questions that are on your minds that you hear, then you shouldn't be here. Because that's part of this deal. It's a two-way street. The people here want to answer the questions. They want you to ask the questions that people out there are always asking when it comes to these issues. So please, don't leave here without having asked your questions. And uh, the other thing is, is that uh, uh, if, if, if you're here and uh, we run over what uh, I printed in, in here and I offend you, I apologize, but I'm here to get this message out. And so uh, we're going to break now. We're going to come back in 10 minutes and we're going to go till Brenda's done. Then we'll have lunch and then we'll start over at 1 o'clock and we'll go. Uh, and it will be done by four, but I want you to make sure you ask your questions. Thank you.